So in light of that, you will see that beautiful, what do you call that, that thing? A QR code, that thing. A response code, thank you. A quick response code. There you go, it sounds like some emergency vehicle. A quick response code. And what I'm gonna ask you to do is if you wouldn't mind taking out your phones and just taking a picture of that, or just putting your phones, if you point your camera to that, it will take you to a questionnaire. It'll do a quick response for you right there. It'll take you to a questionnaire, and that questionnaire will just ask you two very, very simple questions, which I don't remember right now, but you will see them immediately. They are something along the lines of, what is a common question from your unchurched friends and family, and what topics do they want to know about? So we just, we, just want to, we just want to know what are you facing out there from your people and what, what can we address in a way that they will encounter Christ. Thank you, everyone. Are you all managing? I tried it on my laptop and it worked like a dream. Did it work for all of you? Fantastic. Look at IT working. So amazing. So amazing. Thank you. You can move over to my slides. Great team. Can you all just take a deep breath? Because the spirit of the living God is here. He's moving. He's touching. He's revitalizing. Everything we've been through, he's not concerned. I, I want to say when I look at the face of Jesus, I see nothing but delight and excitement and expectation for a glorious future for you, for me, for this church, for our nation. There is no fear, there is no worry in his heart. He's not taken by surprise. He's not standing there wondering what's going on. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Touch us. Touch us. Touch us. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, as we, as we begin, I feel like the, the presence of God is so sweet. I don't want to miss this moment. There are people here that you, you came today, you, you're one of the serving members, but you came today because there's something in your heart that is just desperate for a touch from God. There's something in your heart that just says, I need more of him. I need more of him. And I don't want to miss this moment. So I'm going to ask you where you are. Can you just center your soul in that place and say, yes, Lord, I receive you. There's just a sweet presence of God right now. He's just removing anxiety. He's moving, removing stress. He's removing pain. There's someone here and you've received a diagnosis from a doctor that has just set your mind reeling. And I hear the spirit of the living God saying this to you. I've already done it. I've already done it. I've already healed you. Right now, I just feel him touching your body and setting things right. I just see a, see a kind of like a reordering, a reordering in your physical being right now. Thank you, Lord. There's strength coming. There's life coming. 
there's order coming. As the Spirit hovered over the chaos in creation and brought to life, as God proclaimed, let there be light, that's the Spirit of God hovering over that, just brought forth His Word. Right now, He's bringing forth His Word in you. By His stripes, you have been healed. That you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are his beloved sons and daughters. That's who you are. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Dave, you're going to have to change my slides. For some reason, my, my phone is not doing it. You've got to love IT works so well and then it doesn't Lord Jesus thank you that you always work you always work <sighs> thank you father thank you father 2,500 years ago a man stood before a nation and proclaimed something that fell like a thunderbolt that fell like a thunderbolt every person standing there must have been absolutely amazed by what they heard. The prophet Joel stood before a nation of people devastated by plague, devastated by economic ruin, and he said this, and it shall come to pass afterward that I shall pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. A promise that Israel could not believe. At that moment, all they had ever seen was the spirit fall on an individual. Had seen the, the spirit fall on a prophet. He came and he spoke. The spirit went and he he stopped speaking. For that, for this promise to be true, there had to be a radical change to everything they knew. That God would come in person and pour out his presence on every kind of person must have fallen like a lightning bolt, a thunderclap, a bombshell in their worlds. Could this be possible? Could this be possible? From the beginning of the Bible, we see this ache in God's heart. We see this cry in God's being that he would be with his people, not just with an individual, not just with, not just with a nation, but with everyone, old, young, poor, rich, large, small, pink, blue, yellow, orange, you name it, you name it, you name it. His heart was to be with everyone. Moses in Numbers 11 cried out this. He said this, I wish, I wish that all of God's people were prophets and that the word of God was with everyone, that they would all prophesy. He was hearing this longing of God's heart and he was proclaiming, let it be, let it be, let a time come that this would be true. Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 31, made a startling, startling claim. He said that there would come a time when God would move on people in such a way 
that he would remove the heart of stone and he would pray, replace it with a heart of flesh, that he would write on their hearts the laws of God, that no one would have to teach anyone, but everyone would know. Everyone would know God for themselves. Ezekiel in Ezekiel 11 said a similar thing, just crying out that there would be a time, there would be a time when every life would be transformed by the power and presence of God from the inside out. Jesus stood in the room with 120 followers. He looked deep into their eyes and he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, John 20. Receive the Holy Spirit. I don't know what they were thinking, but I know in heaven they heard the lightning bolt fall. They heard the thunderclap. They heard this prophecy resounding through history, and they knew that this was that. This was the beginning of the greatest move of God. This was the beginning of a change, a transformation in the world where mankind would carry the presence of God. Those same disciples sitting alone, Jesus has left them praying, crying out, God, God, where are you? And they hear in the distance the sound of a wind. That breath of God that breathed into mankind right at the beginning. As Sam mentioned in worship, that breath of God that breathed on those dry bones and brought them to life. That same breath of God started in the distance as the sound of a wind. And it grew louder and louder and it was filling that room with a great roar. They turned to one another and saw tongues on fire on each other's head. They turned to say, what is this? And out of their mouth came tongues that they had never heard before, languages that they did not know. In absolute delight, they realized God has done it. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ has made a way that God can live with us, that God can live in us, that God can shower us with his presence, that we can walk into the world empowered with the supernatural presence of Jesus. We can speak to the mountains and say, move. We can speak to the walls and say, fall. We can stand as his emissaries and make the world right. Make the world right. This is that. This is that. As they rushed out into the, into the streets, speaking the praises of God and the nations around began to hear them in their own language, you could feel the barriers fall. You could feel the ethnic divides shattering. You could hear the, the religiosity disintegrating. Here was a people. Here was a people. Every one of them, sons and daughters, old and young, carrying the presence of God, doing what no man could do on their own, speaking to every kind of heart, to every kind of person, because God will not be contained. God will not be contained in a temple. God will not be contained in a nation. God will have his will back. And the Spirit of God resting on everyone, every person to bring to bring his creation back to submission to his love, that everything would sit in its right place, 
that children would grow up in whole homes, that justice would be served in nations, that people would not live in poverty but would find abundance and the life and love of God would flow through our streets. This is that. This is that. And church, this is who we are. This is who we are. If I could get on my knees before you right now, I would do this. I would beg you to believe that God is with you. I would beg you to believe that you're not alone. I would beg you to believe that the promises of God are true for you. Because church, church, he's done it. He's done it. And there's not anything more that needs to be done that you would live in the fullness of what God has for you. There is not one thing undone. The only thing missing is our capacity to believe, our capacity to see, our capacity to say yes. That's all that's missing. And I would get on my knees and I would say, believe, believe, believe. When you stand in front of your friend who's just heard that their spouse is cheating on them, I want you to know that the answer lies in you. That the power of the living God is with you. That your prayers change things. That when you stand before that person, the living God will give you words that will transform their lives. That will help them to see a future that is not bleak and desperate. Will help them to see a future that is filled with every good thing. When you hold the hand of that child brought up in poverty who's known nothing but lack and pain and abandonment, your heart is God who know. Your heart is God who know that you have the answer. That we're not waiting for something. That thing has happened. That thing has happened. Church, when I walk through the streets, when that person stops me at the robot, and you see the desperation in their eyes, you see the desperation in their eyes, God, this cannot be, this cannot be, this cannot be. When you sit with your your colleagues at work, and you see the rampant materialism on them, uh, materialism on them, and all they want to do, all they're believing for is a new car. They haven't spoken to their children in three months. They don't know. They don't know who they are. It's God who cry out in you. It's God who cry out in you. This is not right. This is not right. It's God who cry out in you. And my hope is that today. Today, we would know, we would know, we would know what God has done. My friends, I want to just stop here for a moment. And I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Not 
I want him to come on to you and in you to bless you. I most certainly want that. But out there is a world that does not know. Out there is a world that is buckling under the weight of its own deception. That is buckling under the weight of its own pain. That is struggling to figure out a way forward. And every way forward it figures out crashes before it. Why? Because God is not there with them. And inside of us, inside of us is the creator of the universe. I want you to feel that. Remember we spoke right at the beginning of the sermon series. We spoke about how the spur of God hovered over creation and brought it into being. We spoke about how the spirit of the living God breathes into dead things and they come alive. We spoke about how the spirit of the living God rests on Jesus Christ. And we spoke about how whenever we put Jesus in the center of anything, the spirit falls with power, with that same breath that brought creation into existence, that brought life to bear on this earth. That same breath breathes into you and through you and touches the world. Jesus at the center is what I felt like, what we felt like, is what the leadership of this church has felt like God wants us to focus on this year. Why? Because that's, that's where all the truth is. That's where all the life is. And so I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would come in every life right now. Father God, I want everyone here to know that they carry that same creative power. Lord God, I'm looking at every, into every eye right now, and I want to speak to every soul, and I want to say this, that, that God is with you. And what that means is that no wall can remain standing if he said, go through. No mountain can stay in place if he says move. No poverty can stand if he says abundance. Three things these people did that allowed them to facilitate this powerful move of God. And I was going to use three other words, but then I thought of my husband and how I love being married to him. So I made them rhyme. <laughs> the three words are pray, stay, obey. Pray, stay, and obey. <laughs> and he will make a way. <laughs> and there it ends. We can move on. Thank you, Dave. Pray, stay, and obey. The next one we can move on. Pray, stay, and obey, and we can still keep moving. And when they entered and went up, just before that wind came, 
they entered the room and they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot and Judas the son of James. In other words, they were all there. You got it. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to pray together with the woman and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. This is what they were doing before God came. This is what they were doing. That there's a place where prayer pulls into this broken world the reality of Christ's victory. Prayer pulls into this world the reality of another kingdom and makes it the reality of the now. That's what prayer does. When we pray, things change. Why? Because they've already changed. And prayer simply is reaching into the reality of Christ's victory and saying it must be here now. It must be here now. It must be here now. I'm going to say a shocking thing. Can you hold on to your, I don't know, your shoes? But there have been times when I've prayed, 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 and nothing happened. Have you had a time like that? Or am I the only one? What is that? Because that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. So there's something wrong with that praying that I was doing. I mean, I don't think it's wrong to tell God all my, my lists of needs and requests. I feel like he's the best place to say it. But you see, there has to be something more to pray than just um, bombarding heaven with my need. There has to be something more to pray than that. Jesus said this, be careful how you hear. He said, he who has ears, let him hear. That prayer has got to be my speak and God's answer. God, prayer has got to be about hearing God. Prayer has got to be about me going into the presence of God and hearing his truth and then doing it. Prayer that brings power, power involves hearing well. Prayer that bring, brings power involves hearing well. It's got to be the kind of prayer that says to you as you're crying out for transformation in your workplace, you're crying out for a new job, you're crying out for, for a breakthrough in your finances, you're crying out for that lost loved one, you're crying out and God says, go and say this. And you stand up and you do it and giants fall. This is the kind of prayer that changes the world. Pray, stay. Let's look at stay. This doesn't mean stay in Joburg. Although that's a good idea. It's a great place to be. The revival coming here is going to be something you don't want to miss. The revival that's already here, just because of what we're learning today, you don't want to miss that. But this kind of staying is a principle <coughs> that we've been alluding to throughout the, the series is that there is a way in which the spirit of the living God <coughs> from the beginning of time remains, stays, rests on the Christ, on the Messiah. There's a principle in the Bible that talks about us remaining in Him, remaining in His presence. They were commanded 
to remain in Jerusalem until this great anointing of the presence of the living God would come to them. There's a way in which we can't move unless God is moving. That we must remain with the presence of God. You know, I was thinking about this today. I've heard people say this often. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. That as we follow the moving of the Spirit, we must avoid being weird and we must avoid being dead. It sounds lovely. But the premise of it is all wrong. The premise is this, is I'm putting out my boundaries of what God can do and God must work within those boundaries. That's just not how it works at all. That's not how it works. Because believe it or not, God is the maker of the universe. Jesus Christ is Lord of all. He does what he wants. He does what he wants when he wants. Our job is not to get God to fit into our safe space. Our job is to say, God, what are you doing? I'm there. I'm with you. Where you're moving, that's where I am. What you're doing, that's what I'm doing. Where you're going, that's where I'm going. What, where, what you're saying is what I'm saying. That is what it means to be a Christian. We stay, we remain in his presence. John 15 says this, Abide or remain in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit that should be there, cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides or remains in the vine, neither can you unless you abide or remain in me. I don't care how successful your life is, if you're not in Jesus, it's not fruit worth, fruit worth having. The only fruit worth having, the only true fruit, the only delightful stuff is that which comes from the presence of God living in me, me abiding in his presence, me responding to his presence, me breathing through his presence, me having his presence around him, around me. And that, the life that comes from that is the fruit that remains, the fruit that matters. To remain in God's presence is to truly live. There's a world out there that's dead. The only way it will come to life again is when people with the life of God in them stand in the driest, deadest, deadest, dead, deader, deadest, the deadest places of this world and say, Spirit of God, come. That we follow him to the lost, to the lonely, to the broken, to the isolated, to those poor rich people who have all they could need in material wants but are dying on the inside. We remain in him. We stay. And then the last one is that we obey. Mark said a really great thing. Mark, well done. <laughs> this was another Mark who lived quite a long time ago. He was one of he was a disciple of Jesus, and he said this, and they went out and preached everywhere, talking about the disciples who'd received the commission to go out and make disciples of all nations. They went out and preached everywhere whilst the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. How many of you want to see a miracle? How many of you want to see a miracle? 
Those of you who didn't raise your hands, okay, can you mind leaving now because we're going to do miracles. <laughs> you see, we carry a message. We carry a message that is so powerful that when we speak it, sickness, disease, death cannot stand. We carry a message that is so powerful, that is so true, that when we speak it, the entire creation twists and turns to comply to the reality that we are saying. That's the power of the message we carry. It's not, in my mind, it's not even that, that God has to come and do miracles in response to our preaching. It's that our preaching releases the truth of the kingdom in such a way that everything around us must comply to that reality. Because you see, it's already done. There's already a kingdom that is victorious, that is glorious, that Jesus has initiated. And, it, and we're in that. And as we interface in obedience with the world around us, when we hear God speak to us and we do what he says, when we read the Bible and we do what he says, what we're doing is like we're punching a hole in the death of the, of the other kingdom and the life of our kingdom, Christ's kingdom, is flooding into that place. If I could get on my knees before you, I would believe, believe, and do what he says. Obedience is the love language of heaven. Obedience is the love language of heaven. Do you remember when you met the one? The, do you remember? You know that one that you thought, if I do not marry this one, I will die. You remember, good job, darling. You remember, and she said, she said, I love sushi. You were a student. You didn't have two five rand coins to rub together. You sold your bicycle. You pawned your leather jacket. You made sure you had enough money to get her to a sushi restaurant. Why? Because that's what love does. Love is consumed with the desires of the other person and will move heaven and earth to bring about that. We don't, we don't obey God to prove that we love him. But when we see the risen Christ, there is nothing in any person's heart that can do anything other than adore. Adore. This great God that stepped out of heaven to find you. Who would not leave you alone because he loved you that much. When you see it, you have no choice but to love him. And the response to love is always obedience. Because that's what love is. That's what love does. And that's who we are, church. We are the beloved of the Most High God, the ones who love Him in return, the ones who've said yes. And as we pray, punching holes with our words in the kingdom of darkness, pulling down the reality of His kingdom into this world, as we hear Him, and we stay in his presence, hearing his word to us, hearing his direction, living in the reality of who he is. When we stay there and then we step out and obey all that he has said, 
the power of the living God rests, hovers, moves over us because we are the beloved of the most high God. This is who we are. We're sons and daughters. We carry his presence. A man stood on a mountain 2,500 years ago and he made a declaration about you. He made a declaration about me that there would come a time that we would prophesy the life of God by the power of God, that his presence would live in us. And when we spoke and when we moved, the world would comply to what we said, to what we did, because the presence of the living God dwelt on us. Amen. In conclusion, prayer that brings power involves hearing well. To remain in God's presence is to truly live in obedience is the love language of heaven. Lord, I want to pray. I want to pray for each person here. Lord, Lord, these are my friends. These are my sisters and brothers. Lord God, together as a family, we lift up our voices to you. Can I ask you to do something, my friends? Can you stand? And can you just begin to pray in tongues? Can we begin to just do what I've preached? Can we begin to pray and can we begin to declare God, God's perfection, God's glory into our environment? Father, this is that, this is that, this is that. Lord God, you spoke about it from the beginning of time. This is your heart, Lord God. We want to be those people, Lord God. This is who we are. Come and baptize us again. Come and fall on us again. Father God, speak to the dry places in our souls. Lord God, fill them with your refreshing, Lord God. Speak to the dead places in our soul and bring them back to life. Holy Spirit, come and burn like an unquenchable fire. Lord God, never the same. Lord God, I'm asking. Father God, not as it's been. Lord God, I'm asking for something new. I'm asking for something more on these people, Lord God, through these people, Lord God. Father God, I'm asking that you would brand on their hearts the truth of your word, Lord God. Do not let them leave here. Do not let them leave here without knowing, knowing that they're loved and that they can love like you love, knowing that your power is with them, Lord God. Father God, even now I'm asking that you would speak to them about their friends their neighbors, they work. Lord God, I'm asking right now that you would give them, you would give them the words of heaven. You would give them the power of your spirit. Lord God, I'm asking that the next person they meet on the streets, Lord God, they would have a word for them that would transform that person's capacity to believe you. Father God, I'm asking for everyone here that they would see the lost saved. Lord God, Lord God, enough is enough, Lord God. We don't want to do it again. We don't want another year like all the other years. Lord God, we're asking, come, 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 come. Lord God, first of all, I'm asking that you would break through the locked doors of our hearts. You would break through the locked doors of our hearts, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come, come, burn like a fire in our souls, 
Lord God, Lord God, Lord God, we don't want to be the same. Lord God, we don't come to church just to tick a box. Lord God, we've come to meet you. We've come to meet you. We've come to meet you. Come, Lord. Come, Lord. Fan into flame the truth that resides there, Lord God. Come and fan into flame the truth that resides there, Lord God. Holy Spirit, set us ablaze. Set us ablaze. Set us ablaze. Church, I'm asking you to say yes to the Spirit of the living God right now, whatever that means for you. Please, I'm asking you, don't just do what you've always done. Would you say yes? Would you say, God, yes? Whatever, whatever it takes, Lord God, here I am. As he begins to fill you, would you just take it? Would you breathe it in? Would you forget the, the, the would you forget the, the small-mindedness of the objections you've heard from other people? Would you forget it? Would you just push past those? And would you say, God, there's too much at stake. I cannot leave here as I was. Lord God, I cannot leave here as I was. There is too much at stake. Lord Jesus, come. <sighs> Holy Spirit, come, come, come. Fill us. <sighs> Fill us. For some of you right now, I see him depositing some words of knowledge in your heart about people in your environment. I want you to just take note of them. Can you take note of them? Because I feel like, I feel like he's right now, as he reveals those to you, he's, he's punching a hole in the darkness of their hearts. He's giving you, he's giving you a sword that will pierce, that will pierce, that will pierce through the armor that they have placed around their hearts. Ha, ha, ha. Even some of you now, I've, I feel like business ideas are coming to you. I feel like he is, he's right now downloading kingdom ideas for the prosperity of this nation. I feel like he's made me a promise that he will create an economy of its own around this church. That, he will, that our, our well-being does not depend on how well the economy of this nation does. That he is big enough, grand enough, glorious enough, wealthy enough powerful enough, wise enough to create an economy that revolves around our obedience. Ha! Right now, he's downloading some business ideas to some people. They just glimmers. You don't have the full picture. I want you to just, I want you to hear them. I want you to hear them. I want you to hear them and I want you to note them. And I'm asking you to ask right now for the grace to obey the grace to say yes, the grace to do what he's saying. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's at least one person here that you're stuck in a very destructive relationship. And right now the Lord is opening up wisdom to you. He's opening up wisdom to you. I just, I just am seeing chains breaking off your heart. I'm seeing chains breaking off your heart. And I want, you, I want you to hear what he's saying. Because there's something you need to know about who you are. 
that the bondage you're feeling is not actually coming from the other person. It's coming from a belief system in your own heart. And right now, he wants to break that. Right now, he's shattering that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Ah, I just feel that freedom coming. For many of you, he's now speaking just identity statements into your life. I want you to hear those. I want you to hear those. Because this is how he makes powerful sons and daughters. He tells you who you are. And I want you to hear the voice of heaven speaking. In some of you, he's showing you pictures of what you look like to him. And they're so glorious. You're just arrayed in glory. You're strong and noble and and wise. And I want you to see that. And I want you to step into that reality. That's who I am. That's who I am. Not because of me, but because God has done it. He came to live in me. He came to live in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ha. Ha. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Church, can we just give the Lord a hand? Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Thank you, my Father. Lord, I bless these people. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, his kingdom. Thank you, Lord, that we have this through Christ Jesus by the power of your spirit from the heart of our heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen and amen. Amen and amen and amen. Great people, go out and be who you are. Go out and stand on those mountaintops and be strong. Stand before those people and be courageous. Stand in those environments and be loving and kind and noble and true and wise. Because you're the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Amen. Love you guys. We are praying on Thursday night, the 18th, which is this coming Thursday, at the church offices. More of this. We're going to keep pushing until we, until we have it. It's not even pushing. We're going to keep believing. We're going to be, keep being in His presence. We're going to keep allowing Him to transform us so that we can be who we're meant to be. Do the things we're meant to do. God bless you. Love you. Have a glorious day. Don't leave without telling somebody who they are. By love. Don't leave without loving on someone, getting to know someone. God bless you. Have a glorious week. Revival night tonight. My friends, I forgot, on YouTube, 5 o'clock, invite your friends and family. We're going to be trusting God for words of knowledge, just the Spirit of God poured out in people's homes where they're watching, trusting that we can use technology to take some of what we tasted here this morning to the world. God bless you. Love you all. Amen. God bless you.
opportunity.